0: Hello, and welcome to Ryan and Brian's Bible Bistro, a podcast all about the Bible, theology, and all things related to the Christian faith. I'm the Ryan half of Ryan and Brian, and this is episode number 39. We are continuing our Advent series this week, focusing on the theme of joy through the prophet Zephaniah. Before we get started, if you're enjoying the podcast, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or a review on Facebook. If that's not your thing, would you mind sharing the post about this episode or another episode you've enjoyed on Facebook or tell your friends? We'd love to expand our audience. All right, let's jump into this episode looking at Joy and Zephaniah. All right, Brian, welcome back to the Bistro. Hey, how are you doing, Ryan? I'm good. I'm good. How, did you have a good Thanksgiving? We're recording we this shortly after Thanksgiving. Yeah, so- yeah we did. You good? And I did you have the turkey? We did. I made I made a turkey, big turkey,
1: twenty five pounder. Oh, yeah. My gosh. We like we like leftovers. We make turkey pot pie. There's this sandwich we make called turkey slop, which just tastes much better than it sounds. I was gonna
0: say it sounds, Russian. <laughs>
1: But no, I had a good time. Had the family over, and it was it was very nice. So, okay. how about you? How, how
0: it, it you? was good. Uh, we're actually doing some more of it with my side of the family this okay. afternoon. Nice. So, well, you look very Thanksgiving today, very I, folly. Uh, what? Because I have a flannel on that's yeah. red and, and black?
1: Yeah, yeah I, that's red. I thought that was orange.
0: <laughs> Epistemology. <laughs> how do we know what we know? Anyway, so uh, wait, we gotta go. But before right. we go on to like, what sure. we're actually here to talk about. Turkey slop.
1: <laughs> so you take you take the leftover turkey and you you put it in a pan with some salt and some butter and I mean everything's better with butter and and some bread. Put it on toasted buns and it's fantastic. It's, uh, yeah, but
0: it's just like a, a Johnson
1: family recipe. I, I it came from a sister in law of mine and uh, yeah we've made okay. it since I was a kid. I think I may have, I I I don't remember this, but I think I may have named it. I think like I called it. Like turkey slop. Like for our kids, though, interestingly, it's almost like they would rather have that than the turkey itself. It's like such a part of Thanksgiving <laughs> for them. So. You should work on naming. Yeah, I know. Well, like, I'm horrible. I can't name sermons well. I I'm horrible <laughs> at naming
0: podcasts.
1: <laughs> so. Hmm. Anyway, turkey slop.
0: A turkey slop. We're drinking good coffee.
1: Yeah, I see your your mug says everyone is entitled to my opinion. Is that? And it's. I said that was one of the most Scott Server things ever, and you said your your parents gave
0: that to you, right? Yes. And who did you just call me? <laughs> Ryan
1: Server things.
0: I apologize. I called you by your brother's
1: name. We can cut that part out.
0: No. <laughs> I don't think he listens anyway. Okay. So. Uh, <laughs> <sorry>. <laughs> what I originally
1: said was the most Server thing ever. So
0: yes. <laughs> anyway. For all of us that we've dug into our family histories a little bit here. So we've got turkey slop, uh, misnaming of me, and my cup. Um, Let's talk about we're in the third week of Advent. 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 And you know
1: what? I was thinking about this. I'm really glad we're doing this. I think it's it's good. You know, we talked about often we prepare for Christmas with the family. You know, it's, you know, already, like I said, like you said, Thanksgiving was this week for us. So Black Friday is a big deal for people. They start shopping. They start, you know figuring out gifts and decorating and all this kind of stuff. The Christmas music starts and lots of people prepare for the season in that way. But I think it's good for us to prepare spiritually. So I'm kind of glad we're doing this series. It's been fun to prepare. And, uh, you know, we're looking at the prophets as I mentioned out of the lectionary Uh, we've looked so far at the idea of hope Mm -hmm. and then love. And then this week of Advent, the third week of Advent is the one often associated with joy. Mm -hmm. In fact, back into the latin you know when when the church primarily used latin for their for their services this week is sometimes called gaudete sunday or gaudete it's a it's a it's mean it means joy or to rejoice is literally what gaudete means and it's beginning of of the latin mass has this idea of rejoicing from philippians 4 and we're going to see in the Scripture we're looking at today out of Zephaniah the word rejoices there as well but it, it's it's interesting cuz in the middle of advent advent's a pretty dark time as i've mentioned i think i i said this idea that advent always begins in the dark that's a quote from a from a preacher that they use that and the idea that it's preparing for the light to come mm-hmm. and got to so it's a dark time it's a pretty heavy time it's a time of thinking about the darkness in ourselves and in the world around us. But Gadate, in the middle of that, or, or the idea of rejoicing in the middle of that, is this kind of celebration in the middle of Advent. It's remembering, you know, we've, we've said Advent is remembering when Christ came the first time as we celebrate at Christmas, but it also is looking forward to his second coming. And, and in both of those times, it's recognizing the reality of the darkness of the world and and the need for salvation that the world has like we talked about last week with uh, with Malachi, but at the same time, it is also looking forward to what that means when redemption comes, and so the celebration part of it, I think, is is associated with that, and so mm-hmm. so it, it's kind of a neat time, and we're looking at Zephaniah 3 today as we continue through the prophets and talking about uh, rejoicing in the midst of, of Advent season.
0: Yeah, and, and- and again, you know, you, you said you're glad we're doing this. I'm I'm really glad that we're doing this as yeah. well. You know, I think it's, uh, it's oftentimes we don't focus on some of the Old Testament stuff. You know, right. well in the New Testament, and when when Jesus comes and, um, just to again, I think I said this in the first episode, just to see this narrative of hope, yeah. and and joy. You know, like the the pieces of Advent. All the way through Scripture, there's a
1: long, long trajectory of this. This isn't just something that happens out of nowhere. It's a long pre- preparation. It's a long thread that we can kind of trace back through the Old Testament. I, I think it helps us recognize what God was working on then, and and what He was leading us toward, and what we have available to us now. I think it's a, it's a kind of a cool cool thing to think about. I I was just thinking about the darkness thing, and we haven't really mentioned this yet. But but if some people have seen maybe these pictures of Advent wreaths that have four different candles on it, yeah, and that's another part of this is you light, you know, if if your church uses the Advent candle, you light use you light one candle every Sunday, and so again, it kind of starts darker and it gets brighter. Uh, Looking forward to the coming, obviously the true light, as John says, you know the light that was coming into the world. You know Mm that the the darkness tried to overtake it, but it could not. And so, so it's kind of a kind of a cool time to think about those things. Uh, Zephaniah mentioned we're going to look at one of the minor prophets, and Zephaniah is a pretty dark prophecy as well. It's pretty heavy, (laughs) Uh kind of like kind of like Advent. In fact, it starts. Zephaniah chapter one begins with just a real kind of a, a judgment tone, like a real warning of judgment really focused on the entire world. The judgment is going to come into the world and um, kind of a negative, really negative tone throughout the entire thing. Historically, it's set during the time of King Josiah. Do you remember Josiah? So we're getting toward the end of the, of the Southern kingdom, toward the end of Judah. Um, The Northern kingdom is already gone is what we called Israel during that period of time has already been destroyed by the Assyrians uh, but this is during the king uh, during the reign of King Josiah, uh, who's one of the maybe the last uh, fourth to the end of the of the kings of Judah, something along those lines. But do you remember anything about Josiah? Does that name ring a bell to you? It, I, I'm I mean, it absolutely the,
0: does ring a bell. Putting, I'm
1: putting you on the spot. You are,
0: and I appreciate. I love it when you
1: do it. <laughs> I love it when you do I know it. know you do. The
0: Josiah,
1: Josiah, the kind of the the Sunday school version of the story is he he took the throne when he was very young, uh, 18. 8 years old or so something like that and uh eventually led kind of a religious revival in uh restoration of of the southern kingdom for a period of time now it was after his reign it was relatively short lived so zephaniah is writing within 50 years or so of the fall of, ba- of fall of um, jerusalem to babylon and so so we're getting toward that period of time. And so he's warning, and it's a period of warning. Probably he's writing, it says in chapter one, verse one, he's writing during the reign of King Josiah, but probably before that religious kind of reformation or that religious revival had taken place in the land and so he's warning people about um the way that they're going they're, they he he talks about them being selfish and self-indulgent and all all these kind of things and so has a really negative tone but then interestingly enough so so we're talking about you know rejoicing <laughs> right interestingly enough the first couple of chapters and even into the beginning of chapter 3 have that tone but then in chapter 3 all of a sudden it's kind of like advent you have this breaking in of rejoicing basically saying when all of this stuff is wiped out, when the judgment comes, and uh, I'm going to introduce this term, it's a very important term for the Old Testament: remnant. When this remnant returns, then so he's going to, he, you know, Zephaniah is kind of looking beyond. Uh, one uh, commentary that I was reading about Zephaniah said that that in terms of the percentage of the 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 words of the book. Um, that Zephaniah has more predictive prophecy than almost any of the other minor prophets, that it's very much focused on this future, Mm -hmm. future destruction in order to bring judgment, but then the future beyond that when God is going to bring back. And so I'm going to tell you two words that are associated with this prophecy of Zephaniah, especially this chapter three, is gathering Mm -hmm. and this idea of a remnant. So, what does that when I use the term remnant? What does that make you think about? Or I, the I leftovers?
0: What's what's left? What's
1: left? Okay, and we often will use the term righteous remnant. Mm-hmm. Uh, this idea of the that God is so so the the people are going to be scattered because mm-hmm. of the Babylonian captivity, because you know it's going to be destroyed. this judgment because they've gone far away from God. So this is the judgment that's being brought upon them, and then they're going to be brought back from the lands that they've been scattered to. So this idea of gathering. That they're gonna be brought back together. And the, the ones that are gonna be brought to, back together isn't gonna to be everyone. It's gonna be the remnant. It's mm-hmm. gonna be that part, and especially the righteous remnant. So it's kinda of like, you know, all those who are leading people far away from God are gonna be done away with, mm-hmm. and then the ones that are gathered back together are the ones who are willing to do what's right. In fact, uh, we're going to start, the text today really is, I'm going to go ahead and give it to you, Zephaniah chapter 3, verses 14 through 20, but look just above that, just look at verses, read uh, Zephaniah chapter, so this is not part, this is all bonus material, uh, <laughs> Zephaniah chapter 3, verses 11 through 13, just read that part, because that that really, this is one of my favorite passages in the Old Testament that give us the idea about what that remnant is all about.
0: Okay. Uh, this is the NIV. On that day, you, Jerusalem, will not be put to shame for all the wrongs you have done to me, because I will remove from you your arrogant boasters. Never again will you be haughty on my holy hill, but I will leave within you the meek and humble. The remnant of Israel will trust in the name of the Lord. They will do no wrong. They will tell no lies. A deceitful tongue will not be found in their mouths. They will eat and lie down, and no one will make them afraid.
1: Okay, so several things there. So you see that on that day, future, mm-hmm. future-oriented. But then it says, you, you're no longer going to – I'm not, no, not going to allow the haughty and the proud to be there anymore. They're going to be done away with, but instead the meek and the lowly, right, that, mm-hmm. that kind of an idea. And and it says my remnant, you know, the leftover parts like you said. Uh, I guess Thanksgiving, the Thanksgiving, leftovers, right. the, is, is just, is this the, I'm, the, turkey, say, the turkey slop. The, the Israel the, slop. Right. That's terrible. That's I awful. Sh- I was going
0: to say it. I, it. I shouldn't have said it. I shouldn't have said it. Strike that from the record.
1: <laughs> But anyway, the the leftover parts is what we have there, and, and so so. But you notice it says they're not they're not going to be liars, they're not going to be proud, they're not going to be haughty. This is the righteous part. So he's bringing back, and and, and as I've said before, we got to remember this both with Israel and also with us as God's people today. Is that God intends the reason it's so important that we're righteous isn't for our own sakes, but God intends to use us for His purposes, and, and so this remnant is going to be. Better suited in order to accomplish the purpose that God has for them is okay. the idea. So, so that's kind of what we're going into. And then, so here's the celebration part of it. This is fourteen through twenty. Um, let's kind of look through this. Just read verse fourteen for me, and I want you to notice the no, notice the verbs
0: here as you read verse just verse fourteen. Okay, sing, daughter Zion, shout aloud, Israel, be glad and rejoice with all your heart. Daughter, Jerusalem.
1: Okay, so there's four verbs there. It's it's sing, shout, be glad, and rejoice. And so all those see have that kind of that kind of character. There's the rejoice word that I was telling yeah. you about earlier. But this idea, all those verbs have to do with celebration or joy, this expression of. of, of celebration of what God is doing in, in the world. And so that's kind of a recognition of what, what we have going on here. There's two words there. Daughter is used twice there. Do you notice daughter of Zion mm-hmm. and daughter Jerusalem are both used. Daughter would be a term of endearment.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, if
1: you think about your daughter, you know, you're someone you want to treat um, with care and, you know, gently and this kind of thing. And so, so it's an expression of God's love for his people that he's going to treat them like a daughter. Zion, of course, is the, is the mountain in Jerusalem, so these, these are kind of interchangeable terms, but daughter of Zion... Uh, let me tell you, one, this time of year, one of the things that we do—this is a little bit off the subject—but one of the things that we do in our household to prepare for Christmas, one of the ad, one of my favorite pieces of Advent music, and it's it's Advent music, is Handel's Messiah. Oh yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and I, this time of year, we love to break that out. In fact, the other day we we were listening to it, and uh, you know, even as we're we're cooking Thanksgiving meal and this kind of thing, Handel's Messiah. You know, Handel wrote this piece of music and. Used primarily scripture. Mm -hmm. And so there's one of the songs that's called uh, uh, Rejoice, O Daughter of Zion, if Mm -hmm. you'll remember. Now, it's not from this text. Uh, That's actually, he used Zechariah. I think Zechariah chapter nine is what he's using in that text, but it's that same kind of an idea. Zechariah and Zephaniah here have very similar language when they're talking about God's bringing his people back and the the way again you think about the way you'd care for a daughter the way that you would um you know provide and the way that you would be gentle again with a daughter all, all of these things is kind of uh what what the 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 um prophet is giving us here this idea and, and it has and, to do and,
0: and that language is used quite a bit throughout yeah. scripture you know even the Israel when they're coming out of uh uh, Exodus is the called son. You know they're called sons. sons you know right. were adopted as sons and daughters yeah. later yeah. in Paul's writing. So absolutely. Yeah. So
1: daughter of Zion, daughter of Jerusalem. Here these terms of affection is the way that I would say it. So read verse fifteen.
0: Then we'll kind of do this verse at a time yeah. or verse or two at a time. The Lord has taken away your punishment. He has turned back your enemy. The Lord, the King of Israel, is with you. Never again will you fear any harm.
1: Okay, so this idea that that your punishment's been taken away, this so it's judgment up to this point. This idea of your you know judgment comes because of your turning away from God, but at that time, this on that day, your punishment will be taken away. There's no longer any need to fear because, and here here it is, presence. We'll come back to this again in a little bit later, but the Lord is with you, the King. Your you know the the King is with you is the idea. This Messiah that's promised. Uh, so go ahead. This uh, 16 goes along with this this idea of fear. As well.
0: Yeah. On that day, they will say to Jerusalem, Do not fear, Zion. Do not let your hands hang limp.
1: The idea of hands hang limp here is I thought it would be important to talk about this image. It's a little bit like uh, if you think about weakness, like uh, we we use this term for fear, saying, You know, I got weak in the knees, like when Mm -hmm. something happens and you kind of feel like you're going to fall. And it's the same kind of an idea with your hands having weakness, like, you know, somebody startles you and you Mm -hmm. drop, you know, whatever your your 25-pound turkey you're carrying or whatever. (laughs) But – but it's that idea of of uh, fear. And so he says there's no longer any need for that. There's no longer a need to be afraid. And so then verse 17 talks about the
0: re- the reason for this. There's, yeah. there's
1: four things I want you to see here in this passage as well.
0: The Lord your God is with you, the mighty warrior who saves. He will take great delight in you. In his love, he will no longer rebuke you, but will rejoice over you with singing.
1: Okay, so there's rejoicing again. But this is interesting. It's not God's people rejoicing toward God. But it is God rejoicing over His people, and again, mm-hmm. you think this idea of the righteous remnant. His, the other word that th- is there is delight. He will delight in them, uh, and so there's, you know, he 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 wants this people. He wants this uh, this people who are who are doing the things that He's called them to do, and and are are taking a part and partnering with Him. We could say in His work of redemption, and so He's going to delight in them. Uh, the other thing is, again, we have that idea of presence that He will be with them. Which is a very important part of this. In fact, at this time of year, um, you know, one of the titles that we use for Jesus that we associate with with the um, birth of Jesus, mm-hmm. the first coming of Jesus, the advent, is um, is Emmanuel, which literally means in Hebrew God with us. Uh, and so, so that idea of His presence in our midst, of course, that's Jesus' promise as well. Looking forward to the second coming. Uh, and I will be with you till the very end of the age, right? Right. Uh, I'll be with you all all the time. Is the idea that His presence is is with us, uh, whenever we're gathered? For example, Paul talks about the the Spirit of God. Uh, John talks about that I will send another Comforter to be with you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will not leave you alone. So we have this promise of presence, uh, and that's what we see there in Zephaniah that God is going to be with his people, which is the promise from the beginning. In fact, that's what we had at the garden, and that's also the promise at the end in the book of Revelation, obviously, is that God will be with them, he will be their God, and they will be his people. So presence, delight, and then also that word love, I think, is important, that his love is going to be expressed to them again. Last week, when we were talking about Advent, in uh, the, the second week of Advent, we kind of saw, and I talked about it's kind of an odd connection between judgment and love, Mm -hmm. right? This idea of asking for obedience, but yet that's, that's all tied up together in what it means to be God's God's people is that, is that if we love him, then we are, we show our obedience to him as well. And here, this idea that for his remnant, he's going to show this love for these that are, that are, and I would say as Christians, we believe those who are made righteous because of Christ will be shown his, his love and his delight, and he will rejoice
0: over us. Here's the last part, verses 18 and 19, then go ahead and finish this up. I will remove from you all who mourn over the loss of your appointed festivals, which is a burden and reproach for you. At that time, I will deal with all who oppressed you. I will rescue the lame. I will gather the exiles. I will give them praise and honor in every land where they have suffered shame.
1: Okay, so we're talking again. We're looking forward to, and keep, keep it open. We're going to read verse 20 in just a minute, but we're looking forward to this idea, or, or I should say looking forward, but but in the future, there's going to be this idea that that um, Babylon's going to come in, Jerusalem's going to be destroyed, the temple's going to be destroyed. So this idea of the appointed feasts are going to be, there's no longer going to be this time that they can come up together into Jerusalem mm-hmm. uh, in order to uh, participate in these these important times of worship to God. And, and he talks about the burden and the shame of this, that, that – um, in fact, again, in Isaiah and other places, Jeremiah that we looked at a couple of weeks ago, you find this language that when people see what happens to Jerusalem and when they see what happens to, to Judah, they're going to be kind of saying, "What? what is it about this people that this ca- terrible catastrophe took place, you know? Mm-hmm. So this shame and this burden, he says, is going to be taken away then. Um, that's going to be removed uh, and and again— you know this idea; he's going to bring them back, and, and and is going to delight in them. So, so Zephaniah ends. Then this is the very end of the book of Zephaniah. It ends with this this note of hope and this note of restoration again, which we've talked about the whole time, as a part of this theme of Advent, is looking forward to and recognizing what God is going to do. Um, we recognize we're not there yet, but we look forward to to what we're going to have in Him. So, go ahead with
0: just verse twenty. At that time, I will gather you. At that time, I'll bring you home. Okay, so that, go ahead. I will give you honor. (laughs) Sorry. I will give you honor and praise among all the peoples of the earth when I restore your fortunes before your very eyes. So that idea of restoration is... is, Says the Lord. (laughs) Let me finish it.
1: (laughs) That idea of restoration is what's being talked about here, this idea that that this is what we had to look forward to, this is what the Messiah is gonna bring us. So we're looking forward to this idea of, uh, of restoration. So our hope is placed in the Messiah and we're trusting that he is going to bring these things. Even, even in the midst of knowing that destruction may come, uh, still God promises this restoration for those who are his people. Uh, he, he will make us right. Uh, he'll give us this hope. So any thoughts on this, anything you notice here in this? Yeah. I mean,
0: it's, uh, you know, and I think this kind of goes back to the love and justice thing that we that we've talked about. Right. You know, that this combination of what does love have to do with justice, and that you know God is bringing them all back together. And it reminds me a little bit of Revelation yeah, in some ways absolutely. that there is there is justice, but it is there is there is the love there, and He is gathering the remnant together, right. uh, those who have remained faithful. Because we talk about uh, in Revelation, it talks about the martyrs and how yeah. long the oh Lord, and He's saying. Until all you know, until the full number, and yeah. I'm going to gather you all together. So I think it's um, like, and I'm 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 loving going through this Old Testament Good. to 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 look at Advent and to see that the the promise is you know we talk about the faithfulness of God. It's this yeah. it's this recurring theme that He comes through and and what He's bringing.
1: Absolutely, it's interesting. You mentioned that that gathering, like I was talking about earlier, the scattering and gathering. I I'd like to do something on this. I have never written anything on this or really talked about this a lot, but. I've kind of mentioned it in passing, but scattering and gathering is the normal pattern for God's people. If you think about it, it's interesting, you know. If mm-hmm. if you go back even into the garden, in a way, you have you know them, them gathered there. You know God has His His people there, but then in their disobedience, they're scattered. Mm-hmm. But then you know they become gathered and scattered over and over again. Is this is this kind of an idea? And it's the same with um, with Babylonian and Assyria. They scattered God's people. God brings them back together. Uh, the the way that we see this in the New Testament, for example, you might remember. Is it chapter nine where we have uh, the stoning of Stephen? An axe. What did I say?
0: You, well, you just said in the New Testament. You didn't oh, yeah, say yeah, Acts. Sorry. Yes. Acts chapter yes. nine. Thank you. <laughs> We're just like in chapter nine. <laughs> you, know, you know, chapter nine of
1: New Testament. <laughs> yeah, Acts chapter nine. Sorry. Thank you. Yeah. Stoning of Stephen. But then it says after that, was it or seven? I can't remember. Anyway, yeah, he stoned an axe. <laughs> Yes. The book of Acts yes but then after that it talks about the that um that the people are scattered you know again mm-hmm. and and as they go they carry the message of the gospel mm-hmm. so it's a normal kind of pattern and even um you know we see this even with uh, with God's people since the since the biblical period of time that that they're there from time to time you know people are scattered uh, the you know they move to different parts of the world, and and as they go, they carry this message of hope with them—the message of the gospel—and and God uses that scattering. It's a lot like, and here's the comparison I would make: it's like seed time and harvest that we say, or you know, planting yeah. and harvest. That that when you scatter, you you sow the seed by scattering it, right? Mm-hmm. And then you harvest it, you gather it in. You know, you gather into barns and these kind of thing. And so that's that's kind of the the constant pattern. Fits with the pattern of the of the world, the way that God created it, I think, and and, and is is part of the way that He's um, promoting His His work. Um, you know, in the midst of all this, uh, I'll just finish with this this thought. Well, uh, we, we can talk more if you want. <laughs> I'm not trying to say, oh, we'll finish. Okay,
0: but. no, we're done. Okay, apparently.
1: <laughs> but this idea of remnant, I think, is important for us today. If, if you think about the so what part of it, uh, because we can become discouraged. And I know many congregations, my, my own included, the attendance is not what it was uh, before um, this pandemic. Took hold, and before you know things happen, and there's lots of different reasons people point to. We become discouraged, but we need to remember that this is not an unusual thing for God's people. That that when we go through these periods of chastening, sometimes in these periods of of difficulty, then God continues to work through those who are who are who are still they there, <laughs> right? And and the remnant, we could say, um, it, it's not like. You know, even well, I don't know why this just came to mind, but the the idea that that God doesn't always need the full full number of people in order to accomplish His purpose. Um, but you know, so so just just a word of encouragement, I think there for us and in, in the midst of the time we find ourselves in. Yeah. Anything else you notice in this passage, or anything else you want to no, talk about?
0: No, I think that's good, and I think the real moral here is to be the turkey slop. <laughs> Be the delicious, the delicious after remnant, remnant the well, delicious remnant.
1: You know, I'm, I'm, I'm. I was gonna say this at the beginning. I should have. I, you know, I'm normally kind of a joyful person. That's kind of. Well, yeah.
0: <laughs> I call Brian. Brian's like an Eeyore. Like you go, Brian. How are you doing today? Uh, I'm, I'm okay. <laughs> so if Brian says like, hey, "How are you doing today, Brian?" He's like, uh, "Okay." You go. Wow. Wow. This guy great is like day. having a great day. Like, yeah. He won the lottery.
1: So, yeah, rejoicing is not my normal is not my normal <laughs> attitude. Your,
0: my name is Brian. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but it is good for us to reflect on what God has done, and I think it, it does. We do have reason to rejoice. We do have reason to be. And, and I do. I, I'll admit, I tend to look on the negative side of things. But this is a good reminder for us, even in the midst. Jeff and I, a very negative, dark book. In the midst of that, is the rejoicing because of what God is doing, and what you know our you know the, our trust in Him. No, it, it's not because of the other things happening around us. It's because of Him. Yeah, uh, and because of what
0: he's doing in us. Yeah, and in, and in spite of what's going on around us, you know, there's news. Yeah, you know, all kinds of evil and yeah. things happening. In we'll the world. even talk but, about that more next week. I yeah, think. but, but yeah. there is there is reason to rejoice. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, thanks, Brian. Thank you, Ryan. Yes. Yeah. May may your turkey slot be delicious, <laughs> and your Bibles read. <laughs> absolutely. Sign off. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Ryan and Brian's Bible Bistro. Our Advent series continues next week as we explore the theme of peace by looking at Micah. You can find show notes, links, and more at thebiblebistro.com. You can find us and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at The Bible Bistro. And as always, you can subscribe to us on either Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Just search for Ryan and Brian's Bible Bistro. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you next Tuesday.